What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Guys, I'm bringing science into today. I am bringing it in to prove my point because I think it's really fucking interesting to not just talk about stories and experience all the time. Actually, that's not true. I do think it's great to talk about stories and experience all the time. But I have been reading this book lately and it's bringing a lot of science into ideas of self-improvement. And it's just so interesting to have something scientific research-based to prove your point off of compared to just being like, well, I feel this way. Cause like as valid as that is, it's just so fucking crazy to know that like science actually is out there proving the shit that we're talking about all the time. It's insane. People like actually do research on this and it dates back like fucking millennials. I don't know. Eons. It, it, I don't know. Whatever, whatever fucking measurement of time I'm trying to fucking use, but it goes back like BC, like long time ago, bro, that they are able to, track different aspects of self-improvement but it's not necessarily self-improvement but it's like happiness and emotions in general and it's just like all the stuff it's so cool so I really wanted to talk to you guys about it today just because I think it's even more validating that we are experiencing these things that it's been scientifically proven by people and one of the coolest things I've been reading about is thinking about thinking now when you read the episode title when you came here to be like what the fuck is this bitch talking about I would have thought I was insane. Like, that sounds insane to think about thinking. Like, if that doesn't sound like any time that you have been just completely overwhelmed and anxious and just, like, couldn't get out of your head, your inner voice was screaming and going crazy and saying all of the things all at one time, and it's just, like, too much. If you know, you know. That, to me, is what this sounds like, thinking about thinking. It sounds like a fucking shitstorm. But it's not. It makes everything better. Once you know this, once you can figure this out and you have to be able to think about this a little bit deeper, like not so surface level and be like, oh, if you just change the way you think, it's just going to make everything better. If you just change the way you think, that's not the point. This is like a real thing to practice because it fucking works. So thinking about thinking is something called metacognition. If you haven't heard of metacognition, you need to. That's essentially what we're going to be talking about today. It's just like an entirety of what metacognition is and how you can use it to literally transform your entire life without having to lift a finger. So what is metacognition? Metacognition is when you experience your emotions consciously and choose to behave in a different way than how you're feeling. You're not behaving based off reaction. You're consciously choosing how to behave despite whatever feeling you're having. Essentially, it's building the skill to control your emotions and not allow them to control you. And I think for me, the easiest way to really wrap my head around this is to actually understand what it is and why it works so that it doesn't just sound surface level. Oh, you just have to change the way you think in order to change your life. Because then you can build the skill of reframing your emotions. And with practice, you'll stop letting your feelings dictate your behavior. Because isn't that the fucking worst? You know when like you're really emotional about something and you just like react to it and you always walk away from that situation like, God damn, I should have said this. But you allow the emotions that you're feeling to kind of like dictate what you do. Let that be lashing out at somebody and saying something that you didn't mean 
or freezing up and not being able to actually have the response that you want, whatever your instant reaction is to your emotions, that's what we're going to figure out how to begin practicing to gain control over so that you can actually show up as the person that you want to show up as and you stop leaving scenarios like fucking A, I wish I had done this. And honestly, it's just for when you're sitting by yourself and you don't want to feel like you are in a shitstorm of thoughts or that you hate your life and there's nothing that you can immediately do to change it so that you don't have to fucking sit in your house sad because you hate your job, that you'll be able to day after day after day, but you can't quit your job because you can't find a new one. You'll be able to utilize this to think better about things and to have better emotional reactions and to behave in alignment with your elite self compared to just a slave to your emotions. Okay, so this is where I'm going to tell you guys about a Jewish psychiatrist from Austria. He survived almost four years in the concentration camps during the Holocaust. This man wrote a book about surviving that time and about this exact thing, about being able to change the way that you think about your situation, that it's up to your mind to choose your own happiness despite your circumstances. Essentially, it's the the meaning behind the book is that you can still see the beauty in life despite like horrible fucking things happening to you. And this man was like, he was in there, you know, like his whole family was killed. He was the sole survivor of everybody, his brothers, sisters, parents, spouse, everybody. And he himself experienced extreme brutality and almost died and all, all the things like this man was in there and he was able to write a book about being able to see the beauty in life despite horrible circumstances, because if that's horrible fucking circumstances, that's horrible circumstances. And so it just blows my mind that somebody could mentally withstand that. They could mentally not only withstand it, but be able to see the beauty in life still. I just, I I couldn't literally never. I would roll over and die. So I just think that that makes it so much more powerful. And I do want to make a note here that I'm not bringing up Victor or telling you about Victor to say like, and you're going to cry about that boy and you're going to cry about that job and you're going to cry about even not being able to know who you are. And this man was able to withstand all of this. Shut the fuck up. That's not what I'm saying. That's not the point here. The reason I'm sharing this is because his ultimate message was that life will not always be good. Things are going to happen in our lives that are out of our control. And it's not going to be some special magical mind trick that somehow flips, you figure it out and your life completely changes. Like that's not how this is going to go. You're not going to, there's nothing, there's no magic. There's no secret sauce. There's nothing that's going to flip in your mind. That's going to magically make you the person that you want to be. And that's going to make you see the world beautifully. And that's going to make you a happier person that it's going to make you your elite self. There's no magic trick to make that happen. And life is still going to suck. Like things are still going to happen out of your control to try to bring you down. Everybody's life has challenges. Everybody's life has suffering. Everybody's upset about something somewhere, somehow. Everybody's level of suffering is different. Like some people go through four years of a concentration camp and lose everybody they love. And other people just have to deal with a bad breakup, you know, and various other things that compile over time, not invalidating, just saying like there are different levels of suffering. Everybody experiences it. And everybody's reaction to suffering and challenging things and shitty stuff happening in our lives is negative emotion. That is all around every single person's response from the stupidest thing, like you bumping your knee on the bed and suffering terrible things 
everybody's reaction is negative emotion. But this is where that saying comes in of it's a bad day, not a bad life. But really, it's a bad life isn't our fate because we have a choice to respond to our emotions. We just have to be able to build that muscle to consciously recognize the emotion we're feeling before we respond. And it's not about taking a moment and slowing down. While that helps, it's deeper than that. I used to think that it was just like, okay, if I just slow down and don't respond right away, which again, that does help. And you do kind of have to do that, but it's not that you're consciously trying to slow down. It's that you're consciously trying to listen to the emotions and then you automatically will slow down before you give a response. Viktor Frankl had a quote that I fucking love. So I'm going to read it to you guys. Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. The last of human freedoms. That is insane. Because if you think about that, it's so true. And then I realized it last week, Sharon's interview She said that. She said the same thing. It was very brief. It was very brief. So it's likely you could have missed it. But she said, if you if somebody were to physically tie you down, you still have the choice to think what you want. You always have that choice. No matter what your physical circumstances are, you choose your thoughts. They are yours to choose. The most mind blowing thing for me when it comes to this is that you can't choose your feelings but you can choose the way you think about them. And it's mind-blowing for me because it feels so validating. And so hopefully I am able to validate you to hear somebody say that you can't choose your feelings. They are instantaneous reactions to outside stimuli that happen in your life. You cannot choose your feelings. You choose how to react to those feelings. Shit's going to happen to you in life and you can choose to let it swallow you or you can choose to not let it swallow you. So while I was looking this stuff up, they used this insane metaphor that I swear it shifted my whole perspective. I sent it to my friend because I, she was going through it and I was like, oh my God, bro, you got to listen to this, hear this because it's it's insane. If it resonates with you, it's insane. Okay, I'm going to read it. Feelings in the enterprise of your life are like weather to a construction company. If it rains or snows or is unseasonably hot, it affects the ability to get work done. But the right response is not trying to change the weather, which would be impossible, or wishing the weather were different, which doesn't help. It is having contingency plans in place for bad weather, being ready and managing projects in a way that is appropriate to the conditions on a given day. Feelings are like weather to a construction company. You cannot control your feelings. You cannot control the weather. So you can't try to change it because that's impossible. And you can't just wish it were different because that's not going to help. You have to come up with another plan in order to handle it, in order to get done what you can get done. And if that just isn't a breath of fresh air for you, I don't know. I don't know what will be, bro, because I mean, I'm sure there'll be something else. There's always going to be something else. But I mean, for the love of God, like that was insane because it just it makes it so like something that you can understand and again, validates that you can't control your emotions and just makes you feel that you're not bad. You're not you're not bad for feeling the way that you feel. It's just the weather. It's just the weather. It's the way it works. It's the way 
the world works. It's the way the human brain works is through the emotions. It's coming up with fucking plans to move through it. What can you do instead? What can you work with? How can you get through this? And coming up with a way to get through despite the emotion. So the first step in order to get better at thinking about thinking is to understand those emotions. Okay, this is where I'm getting a little sciency on you. Neuroscientist Paul D. McLean in the 1970s came up with a theory of the triune brain, which states that the brain evolved over millions of years in three parts. The three parts to keep you alive are detection. Something happens in your environment, like someone says some dumb shit to you that makes you feel some type of way. And before you're conscious of this, your brain starts doing all this stuff sending info to the different parts of the brain that process that this is happening. Your auditory cortex for listening to it in general or your occipital lobe to see what is happening. So then after that, the second thing is your reaction. Your amygdala, which is another part of your brain, sends out the signal to the rest of your body, sends out a signal to the rest of your body that there is a threat, which is then perceived as fear or rejection or whatever it is emotion you are feeling. But let's say it's fear or rejection. That then sends a signal to the pituitary gland to spit out hormones, the stress hormone, cortisol, into your body so that you actually have a reaction, so that you do something about it. The third part is a decision. So meanwhile, while all of this is happening, all of these signals are getting sent to your prefrontal cortex, the part of the front of your brain that is the decision maker. You've already biologically responded, reacted. You took a step backwards. You jumped out of the way. You are starting to come up with things to problem solve, to fix the situation. Started thinking that fucking cunt. But now you have to decide how to consciously react. Put the person in their place, walk away, laugh it off. That's when you come up with your conscious decision of what to do. But again, it's so quick that it's like they say something to you like like let's say somebody says something to you like the fact that I can't even think of a good example right now. I've been sitting. You don't know this, but I've been sitting in silence for probably a good 15 seconds because I can't think of an example because I've just removed myself from so much bullshit. Okay, I've got one. So let's say somebody comments just like on your appearance. I had somebody do this to me not that long ago that they like I wanted to make a comment about what I looked like and assuming that that's and they said it in assumption of that that's who I am. It was actually because I have blonde hair. So let's say they make that comment. Oh, well, it's because you're a blonde. So my brain is processing that information. It hears it. You know, it's seeing the person's face as they talk to me. It's processing that. And then that signal gets sent to another part of my body. For example, in this example, my pituitary gland to send out a stress hormone through my body that I go, oh, oh, like it makes me tense. It makes me tense up because I think, huh, like, why did you think that? Like my brain does that like, ooh. Ooh, why? Why? And then my prefrontal cortex processes the information and I choose what to say to that person. Well, that's weird. That's a strange thing to say. Or I would say what I would probably, what did I say? Ha 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 ha. That's what I did. A hundred percent. I do that constantly. And then it's like you walk away from the situation and you're like fucking A, like I could have had this good comeback or this good comeback. So it's being able to slow down that decision making so you you don't react based off your body's reaction. You you react based off of your brain's conscious decision. All of this is happening, though, because our brain is protecting us. Our caveman brain is protecting us from life-threatening stuff. 
So all the automatic stuff is just your emotion preventing you from getting kicked out of the tribe and having to walk the frozen tundra and dying alone, starving to death because your body doesn't know the difference. Your biological body doesn't know the difference between modern day and caveman day. It works the same. Your brain works the same. It's developed, you know, like we know new things and we accomplish new things, but it at its core works the same way. So it doesn't know the difference between what's life-threatening and what's just some Karen being a twat. Negative feelings aren't fun, but they are protecting you. It can really help you realize it in a sense of like self-love, that you can recognize that the negative emotions aren't there as an enemy. They're there to protect you. They're there to make sure that nothing happens to you, that you survive. The point of them is to get your attention and make you act so that they can save your life. Fear and anger help us respond to stress. Disgust helps us stay away from stuff like rotting food. Sadness makes us avoid losing the people and things that we need, which is why the experience of grief is so intense because you can't locate a loved one. Embarrassment and shame, it's fear of rejection. You know, you don't want to get kicked out of the tribe again. Loneliness and isolation make sure that we continuously stay a part of a community and that we don't get singled out so that we can survive, so that we have the resources we need and the food sources we need to survive, the protection we need because it's a sense of community. You know, you're more likely to get attacked on your own than you are in a giant group of people. They are all things to protect you. So what about positive emotions? Because positive emotions are also serving a purpose for you. Positive emotions are more simple because they happen, they're good, they're celebrated, and they go away where the negative feelings can linger so long because they're trying to, again, help you survive and to to make sure that you're doing the right thing, where the positive emotions, it's like, woo, okay, I accomplished something. I met an objective. Now I can move on and continue to try to meet that objective. However, the positive emotion does help you in that sense too, because it teaches you what objectives you need to meet in order to keep you alive making you continue to work for things in life to be able to find a mate, whatever. Both are for your survival. Both negative and positive emotions are for your survival. It's just that the negative emotions are the ones that are so hard to work through compared to the positive ones. So full circle here, this is where metacognition comes in because this is how you change it. You think about thinking. You have to consciously make the choice to use your prefrontal cortex or your conscious brain. It's taking that moment to choose how you're going to respond to something, not just having an immediate reaction based on whatever emotion you're feeling. You cannot avoid negative feelings because they're out of your control. They are just going to happen as a result to outside stimulus. But you can understand them and learn from them and make sure that they don't lead to detrimental actions because a lot of the time that's when it contributes to more misery in your life is when you're causing more issues for yourself and more shit's going wrong because you're just feeding into those negative emotions instead of trying to wean your way off of it or do something different. Between the conditions around you and your emotions to those conditions, there is room for you to choose how to react to it. Let me give you a personal example. This happened to me yesterday. I got my paycheck from my job. I really like my job, my my real nine to five job. I really enjoy it. I don't like the, I work in insurance. Like I don't like the work. Like I don't like insurance. Like that's lame, but I like my coworkers. I love that I can work from home. I like the, I get unlimited PTO. I 
did I say I work with good people already? I'm sure I did because I, I love the people I work with. Like it's laid back. It's easy. I do make commission off of sales so I can make more money if I want it to kind of see, but that's the issue because I got my paycheck yesterday and granted this wasn't my commission paycheck. It was my less, it was just my like base salary paycheck. And it's always dog shit. And it makes me so upset. And I just get thrown into this spiral because all my bills typically tend to come out on this paycheck. And between moving to Tampa and then Christmas right after, your girl has been struggling with money. And so I, and I, I do not struggle with money. I'm very good with money. I very much pride myself on that. I always have a savings account. I, I normally have it built up. I have nothing. I have nothing right now. It's crazy. Like I, I, if I didn't have my boyfriend, like I would be fucked. So I, I wouldn't be fucked. I can pay for my life. I just don't have any extra money left over. And that is not how I live my life. And so it's been stressing me out a lot. And so my reaction to it is that I should get another job, but I don't want to do that because the only thing wrong with this job is that it doesn't pay me enough. And I know eventually I'm going to have to leave this job because it doesn't pay me enough. And I just need to do something else with my life. But I'm happy right now. Like, I like my life right now. It works for me right now. So yesterday, I paid all my bills. And typically, I just have, like, massive money anxiety after that happens, after I realize how little bit I have left over. And so I came upstairs and grabbed my journal. And I tried to think about thinking. I tried to change my reaction to what was happening. I was still irritated and upset about it, but I'm able to reframe the way that I think. Instead of thinking things like, I have to change my whole life. This fucking is horrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, just like, it's not like a conscious thought. It's just like these feelings that are happening inside of you that you just like, it's detrimental and you know something's bad. Instead, I decided to try to figure out what it means to be happy without money that I people say that all the time but what does that mean because being happy without money like money is easy money makes life easier you have access to more resources in order to have a better life so when I sat there and thought about that question I decided that the meaning that I was placing behind my lack of money was simple that I was doing something bad, that if I don't have money left over after paying all my bills, that I'm doing something wrong, that that is a negative and that that's it's it needs to change it. It's bad. I need to whatever. When really leftover money is a luxury. And that's a stretch because you want to have leftover money. You got to be able to like survive and like do things in life and not just like wor work to pay your bills and then you sit in your house all day. That's not a way to live. But Leftover money, in essence, is a luxury. And I am able to pay all my bills to live. And I live a good life. I have a nice house. I drive a car. I pay for my groceries. And then if I really get down to it, what other bills was I paying off? I was paying off my Ulta credit card bill so I could have nice products. I was paying off my dermatologist bill so that I could have nice skin. I pay for personal training which was a mistake. And I understand that. And I shouldn't be paying for that, but I'm fucking stuck into a six month contract with them. And there's nothing I can do about it at this point. I was sold and whatever. I can't dwell on the mistake that I made because it's already done. And I'm just going to use it because I have no other fucking choice, but I pay for that. And it's a nice thing. You know, I probably wouldn't go to the gym as much as I do if it wasn't for the personal training right now. For some reason, I just like don't have the motivation to do it. And my the other bill is for therapy so that I can, you know, have 
mental clarity and feel good about myself and have somebody to talk to about the things that go through my head. And it really, really, really makes a difference in my mental health. So, I mean, I'm paying for luxuries and and I'm choosing to do that instead of what else would I be paying for? Vacations and food and going out to eat. So like, and really, if I'm being honest, whenever I have that money, it just sits in my bank account. I don't invest it. I don't do anything with it. I just hoard it. So it's, I have a bigger number there for that to make me feel good, for me to know that if anything were to happen, I would have that money. And that is good. Like I, you do need a savings account. Like that's great. But I'm just saying like I'm currently using my money to have this nice life. And on top of it, I'm grateful for my boyfriend. I mean, if it wasn't for him, one, he loves me despite my money situation. And I say that in a sense of he'll always hang out with me. Like compared to friends, you might have to like go do something to entertain yourselves, at least go to lunch or or something. You know, you got to spend a little bit of money where he will work with me to do something that we're doing something for free. And we just enjoy each other's company, not to mention all of the stuff that he does pay for for me to eat and do all of these things while I'm struggling. It's really, really nice. So I'm so grateful to have him on top of it because that really makes a huge difference for me financially and, and for my mental. But my point here is being able to come out of the shit storm of negative, degrading, shitting on myself, problem solving relentlessly thoughts about my money situation and reframe it into ways that my life is good, that I can enjoy being at home, that I can enjoy simpler things in life, that I don't have to go out and spend all my money and 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 I'm not drinking a bunch either now because I don't have the money to drink. And so my body feels good and I'm spending more quality time with myself and with other people because I'm just doing things to hang out and exist with them. And if you go out with friends and you just get an appetizer. Nobody says anything, you know, and that's less money. It's not a big deal. It sucks. It's disappointing. I want to buy more stuff, but it's just not the reality right now. But I know it won't always be this way. And so while it is this way, I'm going to, instead of being upset and fucking ruining my life, figuring out how to fix it when there's nothing I can do to control it, recognize that, you know, I'm I'm not broke to the point that I'm losing my house or I'm I don't have food on the table or something that some people just really, really experience. And for those people, you would have to find other ways to find beauty in life. But it still kind of comes back to that that quality time and being able to just enjoy life at its core for what it is compared to all of the materialistic aspects that make life great. It's taking a situation that your immediate reaction is going to be, this is the worst thing ever, and controlling all of those fears and heavy emotions and organizing them and making sense of them and validating them because they're important and they're real, but being able to think about your thoughts enough so that they're not controlling you, so that they're not continuously bringing you down and making you feel like dick. Your boyfriend leaving you is a chance for you to be with somebody that actually truly loved you in a way that you deserve. Even if you loved them and you feel like you could have been with them and fixed them and made it all work, them leaving you is an opportunity for you to actually be with somebody that feels the way about you that you felt about that person. And I guarantee you that you'll feel even more deeply about the next person that actually does truly love you than you ever would about the person that you that just left you and you're so upset over.
your dresser drawer coming off the tracks and spilling everywhere is an opportunity to reorganize the drawer. It's annoying. You're irritated about it. You're upset about it. It makes you mad. But being able to build the skill of reframing that thought to say, oh my God, this drawer was a mess anyways. I needed to reorganize it so I can take five, 10 minutes to do that. From big to small things, you will feel that negative emotion, that bad feeling will creep inside of you and it'll be there, but it is your choice how to respond. Even if I realized that the amount of money that I was bringing in wasn't enough to support my life and that I would eventually have to leave the job, that's the thing is that I still have that choice. I have that choice to leave the job. I had that choice before. I have that choice now. I have that choice in the future. It is up to me, but that's the point. It's giving you the freedom to make the choice of how you want to respond. And that is a long-term think about it decision. I even, I mean, you guys know, like I've said it a hundred times. I mean, it even in specific situations, some guy cat calls you at the gym, being able to build the skill of feeling the emotion, ew, and then choosing to just put your head down, walk away out of like almost fear or being like, don't talk to me. I don't know, whatever the right reaction is to that, I don't know. But you know what I mean, like that you get to make your choice, however you want to respond to that situation. And that's where it's more empowering is that you are living a life that you're not just reacting to everything, but you're actually choosing how you want to live that life and doing whatever works to get me there. Changing how you experience your negative emotions is so much easier than changing your physical reality. When something happens, notice the emotions that come up, whether it's one emotion, five emotions, a combo of emotions, whatever. Observe them like they're happening to somebody else. And that's not advice from me. That is advice from the Buddha, (laughs) that if you observe emotions as though they're happening to somebody else, it's easier to recognize them. Write them down to make sure you are completely conscious of them. Do not just leave them in the shitstorm of your brain. Write them down. Keep a note on your phone. Whenever you're feeling a heavy emotion, you'll have a list of emotions that you feel or not. It can just be a random note every single time. Write down the emotions you're feeling so that you really are solid in what it is you're experiencing. Then decide how you can choose reactions, not based off of your negative emotion, but based off of what outcome you want, what is in alignment with your elite self. Metacognition takes practice. Like anything else, self-improvement, it is not just going to be because you logically understand how to do it, that you have the skills to do it perfectly, exactly how you pictured in your head. You're not just going to know this now and then walk into a situation that inflicts bad emotion and be able to consciously make a choice. It is going to take practice, but it's good that you now are aware of it. It's good that you are aware that you can do that because that's the first step. The next step is being able to acknowledge it in your everyday life. Being aware of all of the areas that your emotions start to get the best of you and that you can recognize that as an opportunity to take a step back and make a choice that best suits what your need is or what's best in alignment with your best self. Observing your thoughts and seeing if you can change the way that you see your circumstance. Instead of, wow, she said that, she must think that about me. She must think that I'm just the worst or that I'm ugly or that I'm this or that. Think, wow. That person is really insecure and being able to recognize that, building the skill of changing the way you see the circumstance. Another thing that really helps is if you're able to journal your emotions, like I said, writing them down, but honestly coming back to it at a later time and being able to like write down and journal exactly what it is you're feeling. Because if you can really come to an understanding of it within your journal, being able to reflect on an emotion that you felt, it's more likely that you're going to be able to recognize it in your everyday life. You're going to be able to 
tune into what that emotion is because you know that you've experienced it before and you've felt it before and you know what this is. You recognize the trigger. You recognize the familiar feeling of this emotion because you've already talked to yourself about it. You've familiarized yourself with the emotions. Something else that I really like to do is to keep a journal of positive things. Like I have who I identify as my best self. I have a note of things that I really like about myself. I have highlights from my day. I have self-improvement things that I've learned all written down in separate lists in my journal so that if I do start to feel the negative feelings, I have something that I can look to, that I can recognize. I have affirmations, you know, like things that will make you feel good. And not only to make you feel good, but also to validate yourself. And so when you're feeling like you're not worthy, you're able to look at at these things and have this big list of things that are examples and reasons as to how you are worthy. Another journaling thing that I really like is to use my journal to look for meaning in negative things that happen. If something bad happens, I write it down and I don't have a solution for it yet. And that's okay. I write the negative thing down that happened. And then in about a week-ish, I will come back to it and write down what I learned from that bad experience. And then in a little bit more time, maybe like a month, two months, even like six months, I can come back to it and recognize then what that bad thing meant for me, what that brought to my life because of that happening. And both those journaling practices are building your metacognition muscle because if you're writing it down, if you're using your journal to really get to know those feelings and understand your emotions and experience what's happening and and recognize how positive things come out of negative circumstances, you'll be able to recognize it in your everyday life and you're building that metacognition muscle. Your emotions are your choice. They are your thoughts. And this is how you are going to control them and no longer allow them to control you. Elite, I want you to take this concept with you into the month of February and know that we can reframe the way that we see our lives and we see ourselves. Because starting on Thursday, we're hanging out Air day. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. So starting Thursday, we're going to be heading into the 28 days of self-love, a one podcast a day series throughout the entire month of February that I talk to you about the itty bitty nitty gritty aspects of loving yourself, how hard it can be and tips to work through each aspect in order to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, it is so hard to accomplish any sort of self-improvement. It is so hard to become your best self if you don't even know who you are, love who you are, because it's so hard to have your own back while you're doing these practices and trying to learn how to do things and facing shitty situations, but still trying to validate yourself and feel yourself worthy. Self-love is the base. It's the roots of being able to improve yourself. So 28 days of self-love every single day. I'm going to have a different topic for you. And each Monday, I have a different guest coming on to talk to you guys about the big core pillars of loving yourself. 15 to 20 minute episodes-ish, 10, 20 minute episodes. And by the end of February, we're going to love the shit out of ourselves. It's all going to make sense. Or at least we'll be on the way to loving the shit out of ourselves. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show so that you can get more information on how to become the best version of yourself. You can also follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at Sarah Rittendale. There's a dot in between my first and last name on Instagram. And you can follow Wellish's Instagram at Wellish Podcast for show updates and self-improvement advice on the daily. 
Thanks so much for listening. We're going to have a kick-ass week. Don't forget, you are elite as fuck. And instead of talking to you guys on Monday, I will talk to you on Thursday. Bye, guys. 